We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. Another edition of the Rockball Report podcast. Are you as fired up to be here as I am, Chris? I'm your host, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. And we're here about to talk about one of the most flummoxing things I've ever seen in my entire life. One of the craziest games of televised football I've ever watched in terms of emotional swings, in terms of what it entails. What a ride. <laughs> so I was at work. 11 o'clock shift begins. I hop on my little truck and I go over to the other department to see if I have anything to do over there, if there was any leftovers from B-shift, and there wasn't. So I hightailed it back over to catch overtime. And because it's Monday night, I'm having a Red Bull as part of my (laughs) Monday night diet at work to stay awake. And I'm, like, halfway through drinking it, and that punt return happens. I almost slammed this can of Red Bull on the ground in our break room. But then I decided... Because you're an adult? Again, no, I decided against it because I realized that it was a Red Bull. It would mean nothing. It would have been better if it was a beer. If you just slam the beer on the ground. But that was one of the most infuriating games that I've ever watched. All right, let's just jump into it. Here's your week one recap. Jets 22, Bills 16. I've got your stats to the game right here. Uh, Josh Allen with four turnovers, which is one of the only stats I really give a shit about. But if I have to give credit where credit's due. Stephon Diggs, 102 yards receiving. 10 receptions on 13 targets. Chris, perfect 3-for-3 when covered and targeted by Sauce Gardner. Oh, you mean he wasn't holding? Well, I don't think he could. He couldn't hold Stefan's jock in that game. Oh, but guys, they're the 85 Bears. They're fantastic. Didn't you hear? (sighs) Meanwhile, you look at it. I don't know. You've got things. You've got Matt Milano with an interception, eight tackles. You know, three solo run stops, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit. He would, Matt Milano was good. He wasn't otherworldly. He wasn't otherworldly. He didn't take the game over, but he was very good. Terrell Bernard led the team in tackles. 11 tackles, four solo, seven assists. Not great, but decent. The Bills tight ends. This is interesting. Seven Catches on eight targets, 40, what is this, 51 yards, but only one first down. Only one first down. A lot more meat on the bone left there. 
Uh, for the Jets, obviously Jordan Whitehead, player of the week. Uh, <laughs> he, he gets the, uh, three passes descent, defended three interceptions by Jordan Whitehead. How crazy is that? When's the last time you remember a player having a three interception game? What's his face? Bakari Rambo? Didn't he pick off Rodgers three times, or was that two? There was two. That <clears throat> close enough. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. One attempt. No yards. One sack. <laughs> one Achilles tear. <laughs> Guys. <clears throat> oh, my God. This one. This one hurt a little bit. And I'll preface it with this. It's also something I'm going to close the show with, but it's a conversation about week one, 2021. I show up to watch the game at Iman Azizi's house, which, because we're not good people, I've been making a joke for weeks. Now, Iman Azizi, I don't know if you know this, he is of Iranian heritage. I had made the joke a couple times that I go, well, Iman's throwing a 9-11 party, and also there's a football game being televised. Now, Chris, that's in poor taste, right? No, it's hilarious. It. No, it's in poor taste. No, it's not. But I made the joke because I'm trying to get people to laugh to take away from the fact that I was very nervous about this football game. And things went about as poorly as they could have for everybody involved. All parties involved. Nobody walked away from this thing clean. When Aaron Rodgers goes down, what's your first thought? Did you you didn't get to see it live, did you? Okay, we'll try this again from the top. Yeah. I missed the third quarter, okay. most of the third quarter, but we were uh, Franny and Brendan, Jessica's friends. They got back from an Alaskan cruise, and they were over as that oh. game kicked off, picking up their picking dog, up their dog, picking up their dog Bijou. And they were, like, out the door, and I was like, He's injured! Roger's down! He's down! And then they had to, like, come back in <laughs> and take a peek. So, it, yeah. It, it happened. It, and then I immediately text Kyle. It's the first thing I do. I see injury. I text Kyle Trimble. What's crazy to me is that in the moment, there was that feeling of, like, okay, all right, diva quarterback, what, you got touchy and, oh, no, he turned his ankle. And then you watch it, the replay, and you go, oh, no, his Achilles exploded. His his Achilles exploded. It's that pop, right? I've seen that before in person, live. I was telling Iman about it in real time. I was at the gym, and there was a guy doing calf raises on one of those machines where this is old school gym equipment where you just load the plates onto a thing and then you stand underneath it and do the calf raises. And this guy was doing hundreds of pounds of calf raises. And all of us, like I'm on the leg press behind him, like, a, like that sled that kind of goes backwards and they go over your shoulders and you're kind of invert. I know Chris, you don't work out. So this is foreign to you. <laughs> As he flexes at me. But so I'm doing the thing, I'm holding things, and I'm watching the guy, and I see him go up, and I watch his calf muscle jump, literally under his skin, just jump, and he screams and falls down. <laughs> and it, this guy was massive, and when he snapped his Achilles, the scream that this guy let out, and then he kind of almost blacked out. Like, I think he kind of... Chris, when you get hurt, you go into, like, shock. I know. I blacked out when I cut my finger off. That's because you're soft. You cut a finger. Come on. He, This guy blacked out after screaming at the top of his lungs. Aaron Rodgers got to his feet and was like, guys, it's not good. And you could see him kind of mumbling some stuff. I'm sure he was in the headset going, it's not good. I'm going to sit down. As soon as I can find the momentum and compose myself enough to sit on the ground, because he's, Chris, he's not a rookie. He knows he's on national television. If he cries in front of everybody, it's over. Well, if you do that in today, <coughs> 2023, if you cry, you're brave. <coughs> you're brave. Here's what he knows. He's not a, he's not a sissy. Aaron Rodgers is not soft. 
to know that that guy snapped his Achilles like that and then just stood there and looked at the sideline with like a bland face of like, like it, it, it takes me back. Okay. So there's a video. I used to see, I, this is a long, I'm going back. Ebombsworld.com. It's in a college dorm room. You can tell there's one kind of chubby dork and there's one roommate who's probably a little bit more of a jock. He's probably a bully. This kid is at his computer doing something and his stoner friends are all kind of hanging out in the room and you can tell they're smoking weed and they're hanging out and all of a sudden they go, wah, wah, wah. And he like starts doing like the gunslinger walk towards the kid at the computer. And then he pulls out a bottle of Febreze and just sprays the hell out of the kid with it. And the kid at the computer turns around and throws a pair of scissors. And they end up embedded in this kid's bicep. And this kid looks at the camera and goes, great, now we have to go to the hospital. Aaron Rodgers had that kind of energy in that moment where he was just standing at the sideline going, I just tore my Achilles. Now we have to go to the hospital, guys. He's not freaking out. There's no whatever. It's just, there's no tears. There's no waterworks. It's just, hey, the bad thing happened. Now you got to get me the hell out of here. I'm going to sit down on the ground and wait for you to come to me. Are you or are you not at least a little bit impressed by the way he handled that? Yeah, because he's a man. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm a man. I find him and Steve Gundy. They're both men who are almost 40. (laughs) I'll pour one out for the old boy Aaron Rodgers. Right before this podcast gets dark. So the night goes, we lose the football game, and I'll tell you this, you know, you want to know how bad the loss was for me personally? Before we get into the actual recap of the game action, the game loses. I have gone on record multiple times and stated how much I hate the sport of baseball. I sat on the couch with Iman Azizi at 1 o'clock in the morning and let him explain to me the science of baseball. And it blew my mind watching it with someone who could finally break it down for me in a way where I go, this is actually kind of interesting. We watched a pro baseball game and he goes, no, it's just the pitcher against that guy. That's it. That's why baseball is the best. It's this guy against that guy. Everyone else doesn't matter. Maybe once in a while the fielders make a play, but ultimately it's that pitcher and it's this guy. And these are two mediocre teams. So it's just a bunch of guys who all suck trying to get one over on each other. It was one of the best experiences I've had watching a sport in a long time. Iman, you're the best. (laughs) You're just the best. You made me now want to watch something. Although I I feel like that's a Chris. It's only a thing I want to do with Iman. I want Iman to walk me through the science of like, hey, this guy's going to throw some cheese. Watch him. He's just going to throw fat curveballs out there that are lazy in a way and just hope these guys strike out. And when they do, he's and he's right. He called most of what was going on from a pitching perspective, and it opened my eyes to what the sport of baseball is. It doesn't mean I like it more. It just means now I'm in, and now Iman is stuck watching baseball with me. Do you think he lost in this transaction? Now he's going to watch another sport with me? Mm, I think... <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't want to watch a baseball game with you. I don't think anybody should. Ugh. I, I watched baseball until one thirty in the morning and then drove home. And when I got home, my wife was just relieved. She goes, oh, you're not a man on fire. All right. Well, whatever happened, whatever happened over there at the Azizi household, I don't care if you guys had to kill a guy. I'm just happy that you came home and you're not a bull in a china shop. You seem very centered right now. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm good. First of all, thank you, Iman. Second of all, thank you, baseball, I guess. And third of all, I think there's some perspective to be had here. Now, if we're going to recap the game action, it had some high points. But you've already heard about all that shit from the talking heads. It's been all over the radio. It's CoverOne.com. It's the fucking... So here's my cliff notes if I'm going to give you any kind of analysis of the actual game. I liked some of the variety and planning that went into our offense. You could tell they knew that the pressure was going to be a problem. So early on, they went wide. They threw the wide, rec- wide receivers short. They had running backs out of the backfield. They had tight ends close to the line of scrimmage. 
they did a lot of things that really were designed to help Josh settle in. Almost like they knew that, hey, if there was ever a team that was going to get him to freak out, it's going to be this one. Right? Mm-hmm. It just didn't work. <laughs> the defensive line wasn't stellar against the run, but the pass rush was effective. Rousseau and Floyd, don't they look like they'll be just a very functional combination while we wait for Von Miller to come back? Yeah. I think those guys, those are guys that you can live with and you can get by with in a lot of football games with just those two. Even against decent quarterbacks. I liked my odds. I liked my odds against Aaron Rodgers. I don't, like, you look at the next month of games from over here at Pro Football Reference and I look at the Bills' schedule, Chris. What do we got? Up here on the monitor in front of me. Why don't you throw it up? Oh, we have the Raiders and then the. I think Commanders and Dolphins and Jacksonville. I know London is early okay. October. Okay. And then the Giants and then the Patriots. So you're going to get well into the meat of the season before you really hit your slate of, hey, i got to play some elite quarterbacks. I think our pass rush is going to be just fine based on what I saw on Monday night. I, I, I just firmly believe that. From the defensive tackle position, from the defensive end position, everything that we wanted from them, we kind of got. It's just the pieces around them have to gel. The linebacker core was shaky the way we kind of thought it would be. Like, I don't know. I, it's, it, I don't know. It was what it was. I mean, I went into. Monday night's game, and my goal was I'm going to pay attention to what's happening with the middle linebacker because Tremaine Edmonds is gone. And then about towards the end of the first quarter, early into the second, I realized that adult Chris trying to watch middle linebacker play is the same as high school Chris trying to figure out if this girl is into him. <laughs> it's It's... I can't read it. I can't what, read what's it. going on? I don't know what's happening there. That's what it was like for me. And then I was just like, all right, I'll just I'm gonna watch this game how I normally watch it. See, now this is what's funny. I watch that and I go, Terrell Bernard is trying. He's trying really hard. He's sticking his nose in there, he's trying to come downhill. The problem is, is that he's either too small and the second alignment touches him, he's fucked. But also, he doesn't quite have the feel. Like, if you're a smaller linebacker, you have to rely more on feel and nuance for the position, and he just doesn't have it. It's just not there. It, I shouldn't say that. He he was okay. He was okay. He's not special. He's not a star. He's not a future starter. There still is a chance he loses his job to Christian Kirksey as soon as Kirksey's up to speed. He was not the reason that we lost his football game, though. No, 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 no. That comes down to our quarterback, which is kind of the crux of tonight's show. Um, Allen plays backyard football the moment anything seems difficult, and the Jets made things difficult from Jump Street. The second that he hits adversity, he just decides, well, I can bulldozer my way through this, and I don't need your help. I don't need to listen to you, the offensive coordinator. I don't need to listen to you, the fucking running back, the wide receiver. Fuck you guys. I do what I want because I'm Josh Allen. I do this in my personal life. I don't ask for help for anything. Unless it's something I genuinely cannot do. This past weekend, Mark Smith, our attorney, came over and helped me put a TV antenna on my house. And when I say helped, he did all the fucking work. He did literally everything. And I just walked around and changed drill bits and handed him things. And It was like a father working with a son. A part of me, since I know his wife doesn't listen to the podcast... I think a part of him just wanted to get the hell out of the house. <laughs> he was like, wait a minute. You mean I can go over to your house at 10 o'clock in the morning and have six beers and no one's going to yell at me and there's no crying children? I'm in. <laughs> Chris, does that not track? <laughs> Seems on par. But I love him for it. It was amazing. And now I have... Now I have the ability to watch the games when they're on ahead of the streaming service I own. Because if you try to stream a Bills game, you're at least a minute behind. 
maybe a minute and a half. And that's enough to ruin it for most people. Right, Chris? I can't believe you just uh, went through all that bullshit. Yeah. Everyone that's listening knows that if you're streaming the game, it's a 45 to a minute late. Okay. Everyone knows that. So, you're not you're not giving any new information. No, but so you're I did, an idiot. So I had this thing put on my roof by my friend Mark because I couldn't do that. I I just don't know the mechanics of it. I don't even understand it. All you got to do is fire one into the window. Yeah, I had that and it was garbage and it looked tacky as hell. And if there's one thing I'm not, Chris, I'm a classy man. The, in the basement, in in the basement, right. Right there. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. That 70-inch TV, yeah. that is connected with a HD antenna, and that goes up into my bedroom and is in the corner of the window behind a curtain. No one knows it's there. It's not hard to do that. It's white trash. No, it's Hide not. this cord behind a curtain. Mm. Well, it's, it's behind a dresser and curtains. You can't see it. Yeah, okay. Unless you unless you go in there and look. Listen, Chris, I'm a man of class. I'm a man of stature. Yeah, I don't think I so. <laughs> no one believes that. <laughs> My dad comes over and helps me with projects. Like, there are people I turn to for help. But by and large, when something's wrong or something needs to be done, I just do it myself. The second adversity hits, I go, fuck all of you. I'll, I'll just do this on my own. And if I can't figure it out, I just bulldoze my way through it and hope for the best. And in most facets of life, somehow that has actually worked out for me. But I'm not an NFL quarterback. Chris, when Josh Allen jumped and there was still six yards to go before the first down. Yeah, who do, do you think he was John Elway? Do you what the know? What are you doing? Do you know that the longest long jump ever was 29 feet? Okay, so I don't know the quick math on that, but 29 divided by 29 feet. It's like two and a half feet. Divided by three is nine yards. So nine and a half yards that guy jumped. It's the longest in history. And he didn't have other 200-pound men trying to fucking tackle him. And yet Josh Allen thought he could jump and go airborne when there was... Three and a half, what, Chris? Six yards? What is that? He did that more than feet? once. It's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen, and it was the moment that I knew that he had come unhinged. That this guy is not he's not well, right? But it's okay because some of us just aren't. Now I've said this to everyone I know, including my wife, on a pretty regular basis. It's like it's something I th that I think she thought I was kidding about, and it's turned into something she's now prepared for as we go through our life together. I don't apologize. It's rare that I apologize for anything. I don't say sorry. It cheapens things. Also, the way I look at life is that your actions are your actions. You're intense or you're intense. The things that you do, if you think that you're a rational adult or a pragmatic individual, I mean, I, I, we waited until I've had 12 beers to start doing this fucking podcast because I want to be able to talk to you honestly. <laughs> you had to be drunk for it. I had to be drunk for this one. You do what you think is right in the moment. You're intense or you're intense. And if it hurts people's feelings, so be it. It's honesty. And at a base level, at least you're being honest with everyone around you. So in that way, I'd like to think that as an adult, I'm pragmatic enough that when I make decisions and I and it hurts people around me and it hurts people who are depending on me, I can turn to them and go, I don't have to say sorry to you because I did the thing I wanted to do. I'm sorry about the way you feel about it, but this is what I intended. And if the end result wasn't what you wanted, too bad, so sad, this is, I don't know, go find someone else to follow. Be, have someone else making the choices you put in my hands. That's the way I live my life. And it's, Chris, I married a saint. You know that, right? Allegedly. 
She should have killed me a long time ago in my sleep and just collected the life insurance money. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's be honest. I just believe that there's an altruism to being the person who says, these are the things that I choose to do. And because that's my choice, I'm not going to apologize because it's what I want. I'm doing the thing I want to do. If I apologize on the rare occasion it happens, it's because I'm genuinely saying I made a mistake and I vowed to change my actions because I saw the way this thing un- unfolded and it didn't go the way I wanted it or expected it to. Everything was a wash and I feel so badly about it that I'm willing to change my behavior, actually tangibly change the things I'm doing. I don't know. It's brutal honesty, but I think it's respectable because it's real. Like, that's it. And that's why it was really good to hear Josh Allen take responsibility for his play and his decision-making after this game was over. You know, we, we need to have games like these. One thing led to another today. Um, you know, I think on all three phases of the ball, starts starts with us taking care of the football, and we didn't do that today. Again, I mean, just protecting the football. Um, execution is what it comes down to, and we're not executing at a high, high enough level right now. So, um, you know, it starts with me. It's really what it came down to, and it just was a big domino effect uh, of why we lost that game. And um, ultimately it was, you know, holding on to the football and, and not putting it in harm's way, and we did that too too much tonight. And, uh, again, that's, that's a stat that will that'll never really be wrong is the turnover differential. And, again, we're not doing a good job, good enough job with that. Chris, there's something inter- like there's something weird about that. It sounds too polished. It didn't sound like what I heard. Wait, that wasn't from last night. That, that, that wasn't from Monday night. Chris, what game was that from? Colts twenty twenty one. Oh shit! Oh shit! That's the statement Josh Allen made when we got blown out by the Colts in twenty twenty one, and the offense hit a bunch of turnovers. And what, Chris, what was the final score in that game? A lot to a little. I think it was like 40. In fact, let me go back. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. A lot to a little. Uh, let me see here. Colts, uh, Indianapolis Colts, 41 to 15. Oh. So he's had games before where he's turned the ball over a shit ton. The team has turned the ball over a ton. And he's acknowledged that that is the difference between winning and losing. Okay. Well. He's apologized. He feels so bad about it that he came out publicly, told us all that he's sorry and that he feels bad. All right, so, so this clip, like this, this, this has to be from the other night. Uh, losing sucks. Sucks this way even worse. Um, horrendous second half. I gotta be better. We gotta be better. First one's fourth down. Um, no sense in taking a sack or throwing the ball away, giving somebody a chance. Those are those are gonna happen. Um, second one, just bad ball, bad decision. No explanation as of now. Just we got to execute better. Um, that's that's on my shoulders again. Four turnovers today. Uh, three were by me, and losing sucks. That's just what it is. You hate to lose, especially that way. He just said three were by me. That doesn't seem right. Doesn't doesn't quite sound right about that clip either. For turnovers, ball security issues. Uh, Chris, try it again. Chris, what game is that from? Vikings last year. Oh my God! You're right. Last year, Josh Allen had three turnovers in a game where, and he he acknowledges it though, but he says he's sorry, and he knows that it's wrong. And he knows that he has to be better. Wow. No shit. Do, do, do you have the audio from last night? Yeah, hey, trying to force the ball. Um, <sighs> yeah. Same sh- Same place, different day. Yeah, I mean, mindset-wise, just trusting what I see and sticking with it and not trying to force anything. And, um... It's a good defense we played, but, you know, we can't play two guys. Can't play them and us, and I played us tonight. And Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm going out there and, and trying to trying to throw interceptions. Um, 
yeah, I guess we'll we'll find out on tape and try to correct it. And got to correct it fast. We got a short week and can't let this, uh, this game turn into two. There you go, Josh Allen, BuffaloBills.com post game. So let me get this straight, Chris. We really have one of these conversations every fucking season. Yes. Holy shit. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. First of all, thank you for your expert production skills. That's what I'm here for. Second of all, what the hell? Dude, look, at a certain point, you just stop apologizing when you can't help the things that you do, right? They're a part of who you are, and you either like me for them and stick by me and accept them, or you don't. Josh Allen continuing to have these games where he does the Josh Allen thing and then gets on the podium and goes, oh, I got to be better. I, I gotta... <laughs> Like, stop telling me you're sorry. Stop doing this. I feel like I'm on an episode of Cops. I feel like I'm waiting for the cops to show up and take him away as a domestic abuser where he goes, ah, I, pro- I promise I'm going to stop beating my wife. I promise I'm going to stop hitting Drew Gear when he, but it's like, no, you won't. You will do this. You will do this to me the second that I let my guard down. You will beat me up again emotionally. And that's okay. I have to accept that because I am still here. We all are. We accept you for these games that you have every single season. These are just a byproduct of who you are and how you are. Your mindset, you are Brett Favre. You are the guy who believes, like, and I'm not the first one to say that, but I think this might be the thing of, it's every year, you hear it, and it's the same tone of voice. I want you to stop saying it. Stop insulting my intelligence. Do not tell me that you're, we're going to figure it out. No, you won't. You will do this again. And I'm done believing in it. It doesn't mean I'm done believing in him. I'm just done believing in that. This isn't something we deserve. We all deserve it because we love this quarterback. And if you love Josh Allen, then you have to kind of love the the, the crazy dumb shit that he does. And this is a part of it. Now, here's the broader question I have. Who's going to change it? And honestly, if we're talking about it happening in the context of the 2023 season, Are we happy that it happened now? Chris, who's going to challenge Josh? He's the loudest voice in the locker room. There's no veteran or respectable player. Maybe Von Miller and Stephon Diggs. And they've tried corralling Josh. And how'd that go? It's not good. Not good. They've tried and failed. There is nobody in the locker room who carries more gravity than that guy. So no one can talk to him. Sean McDermott, who is the head coach, is screaming at him about, be smart, be smart. You shouldn't have to tell a seventh-year, six-year quarterback, this is what you have to be smart about. Don't kill yourself trying to jump longer than the longest long jump ever while men are trying to tackle you. Don't do that. <laughs> Live to fight another fucking down, man. You shouldn't have to make that call. And yet, here we are. <laughs> here we are at Sean McDermott. So it's not that he doesn't respect him. It's well, 
I've got an analogy for this, Chris, but he's not listening, right? Ken Dorsey gets a ton of shit from fans. I'm guilty of it myself last on Monday night. I'm 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 reaching out going Well you didn't even like Brian Dable to begin with. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. And now I'm seeing things and I'm going, oh wait a minute. I it's like the movie The Usual Suspects. Josh Elms Kaiser Soze. All of the problems I thought that this team had offensively, there's so many of them that rest on his doorstep, and yet I blamed everybody else for him because I didn't understand that Josh isn't this, like, he's not this rube who's just like, hey, look, I'm just a, I'm just a rocket arm quarterback who's looking for somebody to guide me. No, no. He knows what he's doing. He chooses the things that he chooses. And if it's bad for the football team, so be it. He doesn't give a shit. Ken Dorsey takes a lot of shit from fans like me for the shortcomings of our team. And some of it's deserved. I mean, the guy did call a draw play on second long in overtime. And the head coach had to come out and try to defend him. Chris, that's inexcusable. It's second and 15 and you call a run play? One of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. It's enraging philosophically. Nate Geary had a whole fuck. He he went off about it. But watching that game with sober eyes, the thing I saw as an offense that had plenty of options available, plays available, and our quarterback just went off the reservation and made mistakes. The quick game was working early on and helped us move the ball. He got away from that in the second half. Quick developing routes to digs. They were all working. He was getting separation against both Reed and Sauce in a way that nobody thought he might. Creative tight end usage. At one point, Dawson Knox was lined up as a running back. They go, listen, all right, 12 personnel, we're going to do it differently. Fuck you guys. We need to move the football. And we're going to, we'll, I have a whole bag of tricks that I can go into if I have to manufacture a play. And I remember that play being a successful one. It's just like it made the two tight ends relevant for the first time. Chris, when Allen showed up here in 2018, we didn't even have two tight ends. We had Charles Clay masquerading as a tight end. Do you remember who the other guy was? No. He dated one of the Pagulas. No. Djokovic. Neither do I. That's the crazy thing. Sitting here in this moment, I cannot remember his name. That's how Call irre- in if you know. That's how irrelevant the tight end position was to the Buffalo Bills. And they haven't done much. They have Knox. Okay. Knox is great when he gets on a heater. What else? Do you want a good position room? Well, you drafted one in the first round. Oh, wait, you're actually using them, and they're actually paying a net benefit against a team that historically has taken all of that away. Awesome. At the same time, I go back to the Gabe Davis interception. We're in the room. I'm standing there. I'm standing because I can't sit. And I'm looking at everyone in the room, and I say, I see Josh come to the line of scrimmage, and they put him on TV, and they're showing his face. And I go, holy shit, he's got, like, he's got goofy eyes. Like, Goofy, the Disney character. And I go, he's he's about to do something fucking crazy. And sure enough, he has Diggs and Kincaid both open. Short, on like short in-breaking routes for a first down. Fuck it. Throws into double coverage. Interception. Trying to hit Gabe Davis on the sideline. On that arm punt for Hardy, there were other options available. And he just said he could have run the ball. And he goes, my lowest percentage play on the field right now, that's what I'm doing. This guy came unglued in front of our eyes, and we have no choice but to accept it. I have an analogy for what I think is happening here. Because of his status within the franchise, within the locker room, within the community, Josh Allen is now an immovable object for this football team. And in that way, he's become the petulant stepson. Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott, you guys are like impotent stepdads to Josh Allen. (laughs) Yes. You know the type I'm talking about. Like, right now, I can picture Dorsey going to Josh and going, hey, man, listen, there's some intermediate routes that are working. I'm building in check downs. 
just run the offense and take what they're giving you. And he looks at him and goes, you're not my real dad. You can't tell me what to do. And then he uncorks a YOLO ball into triple coverage for a fucking interception. Right now, I don't know who on this team can get in his ear. I don't think we have that guy on the roster. I think about Mahomes and Andy Reid, and Mahomes looks at Reid and goes, you've had nothing but success in your career offensively. I have intrinsically no choice but to listen to you. I, I, I saw Nate try to make, Nate Geary try to make the point that Zach Taylor, fuck Zach Taylor. I, I don't think Zach Taylor's a great coach either. I think he's got an okay scheme. And I think that he lucked into the best group of pass catchers. Because, Chris, those early Zach Taylor teams were pretty shitty, weren't they? Yeah, he just needed the quarterback. Yeah, he got the quarterback, but also a stable of star-wide receivers. That yeah. doesn't hurt either, does it? Yeah. So there, it's it's one of these things where Nate tried to make the point that there's all these guys who have people in their corner who they respect on the staff and that Josh has no one. I don't think that Josh is no one. I think that Josh is built to not respect authority. But what do you want from a guy? Chris, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an idiot. You follow my life story. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't have the job I have. I shouldn't have the girl, the, the, the wife that I do. I shouldn't have any of the things in life that I have. Oh, yeah, we know. It's been a series of YOLO balls, and they all and the ones that mattered landed. How can you blame Josh Allen for being that guy? He got here on the NFL stage being a highly paid quarterback. Sons, any of the niceties that these other guys have had when they came into the NFL. It's just, I don't blame him. There's a guy, Johnny Katz 715 uh, on Twitter. He had the tweet that I thought was the tweet of the day. Josh Allen's like a lovable family dog that's really cool a lot of the time. But sometimes he gets into the garbage while you're at work. And you want to kill him. But you know he's just a dog, and that's what he does, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Tell me that that's not a great analogy. That is a good a good one. I'm, the one that I was thinking of is, Josh reminds me of that guy in like your group of friends where if, like, you go out like mid-20s, you go out Chippewa, and then like shit starts brewing... There's like about to be a fight, but then everybody gets it under control, and then Josh just comes in and mushes somebody and just starts everything up. What are you doing? There's, there's. We no- had everything under control. What are you doing? There, is, I will say, Chris, there is nothing like a good face mush. It's the most disrespectful thing you can do to another man. Just grab his face with your whole hand and just like, just like face wash him. Yeah. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> I'd rather have you spit on me than do that. <laughs> like, I really would. So now here's the question, Chris. We know that this is a problem. We know it's a thing he's capable of. And we know it's a thing he does every year. Are we happy that it happened now? No. Think about, think about, no, no, but think about where we are. It's week one. When these other disasters happened, he's found a way to rein it in, historically. Historically, you go back to the Colts game and you go, okay, holy shit, the offense fell apart. They turned the ball over four times on offense, blah, 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 blah. The special teams had turnovers. Everything was terrible. You got blown out. We went into the Saints. Like, we went into their house and just kicked the shit out of them in front of the entire country on Thanksgiving. And then we went on and it was like, you had that, those two games, New England, that weird weather game where we almost won, and we would have if it wasn't for Gale Force wins, overtime against the Buccaneers, and then we won out until we lost in Tampa, in Kansas City. Like, that's a stretch. Then you go into 2022, when he has his next just absolutely mess of a game, they go on a six-game winning streak. Seven, if you count the playoffs. Like, they won out the rest of the season because he tightened it up. Like, that's it. I'm just telling you, I'd rather, if we're going to have to accept this from him all the time, I'd rather have it now than later. Do you agree or disagree? Agreed. Okay. 
so we can all take a deep breath. Goose Raba. Because history has shown that when he has this type of game, he does rebound. And he rebounds in a way that sends your team in the right direction. So with that in mind, I'm not that heartbroken about this. But for those of you who are, we are the pettiest, hardest drinking bills podcast. And we're also terrible people who, when we feel down or need to feel better, punching down usually helps. And so with that, we talk about the people who have it worse than Bills fans. The world. You 100%. Like, I see your list. Yeah. I don't know how you don't have Danny Masterson on here. Oh, yeah, no, Danny Masterson he, took a hard yeah, L. He's in jail for rape. Well, so He's in, he's in yeah. jail for rape forever. For the yeah. rest of his natural life. 30 years. So hey, as you should be. Listen, a, you do the time. Listen, you do that. You took the hardest L of the week, dude. And that's deserved. Good for him. Yeah, have fun studying Scientology in jail. Is he a Scientologist? Yeah. Would that st- do they let Scientologists into that cult with that haircut? I mean, maybe. Holy shit. <laughs> if it's that easy to get in, do you actually want to be a part of that club? <laughs> no. No. I mean, I think exiting Scientology, you got to put a gerbil somewhere. <laughs> you're, you're just on fire tonight. Hey, I was Jesus. listening to Rogan. They brought it up the other day. <laughs> I want to talk about the people who have it worse, and I want to start with Jets fans. Hey, guys, you you won the battle, but you lost the war. It's it's one of those things where you go, hey, we won the most improbable football game ever. Also, your multi-million dollar investment in NFL relevance just imploded after four plays. Weirdly, this isn't the first time that an aged star quarterback blew his Achilles in the season opener for the Jets. Vinny Testaverde was coming off his best season. He was 12-1. and one. <laughs> they, were, they, they were great. 1999, Testaverde blows it out. Now Rick Meyer and Ray Lucas. <laughs> Chris, do you Monday remember? was the anniversary. Yeah. Or you, two, no, Tuesday was. Do you remember that? Like... No, Rick Meyer. It's Rick Meyer. It's it's Meyer. If I see this, there's a second R in that fucking guy's name. I'm gonna pronounce it, Meyer. Same way you pronounce miracle. Miracle. It's miracle. Yeah, miracle. Like nor miracle the hockey player. You're an idiot. <laughs> So when you think about this, right? Like this isn't the first time it's happened to him. Guys, they have to be cursed at this point, right? Chris, who's more cursed in the AFC East than the Jets? Every time they do Carl Lawson, do you remember that? That was their big free agent signing. He immediately tore his Achilles. Yeah. What happens on that field that all of these guys continue? I to thought get- they changed the turf. They keep changing the turf. You know what they didn't do was dig up the Indian graves that it was buried over. That's the only explanation at this point. Like, it's one of the most fitting things that could happen to the Jets, considering the way this whole thing was contrived and just the way the media approached it all. I think the way the media approached this really is what rubbed everybody the wrong way, right? Yeah. So can you blame them for the fact that nobody feels bad for Jets fans? I don't. <laughs> Quarterbacks who got the bag this offseason. I'll tell you what. They also looked like dog shit. Look at this. Guys, if you got paid as a quarterback this offseason and you're a fan of that team, holy shit, did your guys show their... I mean, they collectively showed their asses. What Burrow, Daniel Jones, and Lamar Jackson combined for one win... 355 total passing yards, three interceptions, 13 sacks. Burrow got benched. Burrow got benched in the middle of their game. That's how bad it went. He didn't get benched as much as the game was over. He got taken out. No need to keep him in because it was a blowout. That's, I don't... Not- I don't Put that in the category of being benched. 
When do you picture them being able to pull Josh Allen from a blowout loss? Because mm. we've had him, and it hasn't happened. Because we don't want to uh, put that backup out there, because we don't have good backups. <laughs> Josh Allen wasn't sharp on Monday night, but it's funny thinking that these guys actually get paid more than he does. <laughs> yeah. These guys get paid more than he does. Which performance was the worst, right? Burrow got benched. For me, here, this is what the worst was, was Daniel Jones, because I have to work all day on Sundays. So Sunday, Sunday night football, like... That's what you get. That's that your game. My, yeah. You and show up hungry for football. So I am shutting that game off in the second quarter. <laughs> when, it's, when that pick six happened, I'm like, that's it. Put a wrap on this. I'm going to... I came down here and did some podcast stuff and did not watch the second half at all. Chris, how hilarious is it that a team with a star running back would rather pay Daniel Jones than pay than pay uh what's his face? Uh, uh why is why is it a beer? That's why it's escaping me. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. How funny is it that Barkley, who might be the only piece of their team that translates to any other team in football? It's the same. They don't pay him, but they'll pay that guy. Well, with Daniel Jones, we're going to get an upgrade. We're gonna, where's there an upgrade coming? Based on what you did last season, you're not going to be able to... You don't have the draft position no. to get it. Same thing with that Arizona had when they were trying to pay Kyler Murray. You know, where else are you going to get a quarterback? Are you going to get one better than what you have right now? No. So we got to pay him, and then he's got to tear his ACL, and and now you got to cut Colt McCoy, and your your starter is Josh Dobbs. Yeah, great. Arizona hard for Caleb Williams. Guys, I don't even know what to say about this. Here's here's what I know about that Giants game. I fell asleep when it was twenty six nothing. Like I had a long day. I went to a wedding on Saturday night. I I I tried to watch that game when it was twenty six nothing. I kind of drifted off, and then I woke up. My wife fell asleep on the couch. I fell asleep on the couch. We were both exhausted, and I wake up and it's got to be like one thirty in the morning. We're both still sleeping on the couch, and I wake up and Chris. The first thing I do, I pick up my phone, and on my screen is the ESPN update with the final score from Sunday Night Football, and it's forty to nothing. And I laughed so loudly that it woke her up and the dogs. Everyone was away. Did you see the tweet from the Athletic? No. It's like never before in NFL history has somebody lost forty to nothing. Lost the turnover battle three nothing sack differential seven nothing blocked field goal for a touchdown. It's like none of it's ever happened in the history of the NFL. Well, and that leads me to the next the, the next fucking victims of this segment: Brian Dable and Tremaine Edmonds. Oh man, you want to talk about people who have it worse than us, guys? I remember a broadcaster in the run-up to the, to the show mentioning the fact that this was one of the largest contingents of Giants fans that they'd seen at a, a home opener in like the last three seasons since COVID abated and they started allowing fans in in mass. Usually there was a ton of away fans in MetLife every week for Giants games because the team wasn't good. So... There he is. They're going, oh, here they go. Woo! We're buying into the Giants hype. They made the playoffs. They've got a great up-and-coming head coach. Everything's going to go well. Let's shell out, Chris, three, four, five hundred dollars a seat to watch them open their season at MetLife. No. First of all, it poured that day. Yeah. It was a shitty weather day all day long. And then you get to watch your amazing offensive coordinator turned head coach Brian Dable, who was such a guru that he unlocked Danny Dimes and helped him earn this contract extension. Woo! How did that work out? Holy shit! Daniel Jones 
was easily one of the most lost-looking quarterbacks of the entire week. At least Lamar Jackson can run. At least I know that I've watched Joe Burrow be talented. I'm watching a $40 million Danny Dimes look like he's Colt McCoy. Like You mentioned Colt McCoy getting cut. You could have swapped them out, and if I didn't know football, I would have told you they were the same player. That's crazy to me. A shutout like that is almost improbable. You hit on it. They set all kinds of records. I would assume that you would accidentally end up with a fucking field goal. Well, they, missed, they missed it. <laughs> oh, it's just one of the most pathetic showings you could have. 40 to nothing. And... Like, here's Brian Dable. I watched him. When when Daniel Jones, it was one of those drives, he's just shaking his head going, what the fuck? And they put that on TV. <laughs> it's like this. Brian Dable, welcome to the NFL. You're a head coach now. Now you look bad. Do you feel bad for Brian Dable at all in this? No. Do you remember all the people who said when he left to go join the Giants that he was unequivocally better than Sean McDermott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Unequivocally better than Sean McDermott and that the wrong coach left town? Yeah. Those people probably kind of feel like a horse's ass right now, don't they? Oh, yeah. They go, oh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, my God. One of the historically, like, historical loss. <laughs> you broke records for crapulence. In the NFL. <laughs> Chris, I can't believe we didn't keep that guy and fire Sean McDermott. And then also, another Bill who thought he was leaving for greener pastures, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. <laughs> Chris, what do you think is going through his head when he's watching the way this game is playing out, right? I picked the Bears to win. Did you? Yeah. So did I. So did I, just because everyone else was. I saw ESPN, the ESPN app. It's like, oh well. Well, we had we had a we had a little <laughs> sample of Jordan Love from last year. It wasn't good. No, or was it from two years ago with the the, the COVID game against the Chiefs? That no. was our like sample set. I'm like Jordan Love and not good. And then you would think Bears trade for DJ Moore, Justin Fields. It can work. Nope. <laughs> Chris, not just nope. Holy shit, not just nope. Like, here's the thing. You got blown out by a team that was missing its number one wide receiver. Tremaine Edmonds had to be having flashbacks to his rookie season. He has six. He, he, he did okay. Six solo run stops. I mean, the defensive line was just letting rushers through at will, which made him really earn his fucking check. Love was four for four for 55 yards when targeting Edmonds in coverage. The size, the arm length, he didn't give a shit. He was just like, oh, you're there? Okay, I'll throw to the guy who's right next to you. It doesn't matter. It didn't keep him from getting picked on. Also, he's got to look down the bench and see Justin Fields and the Bears offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, doing God knows what. Try not to just go over there and strangle both of them. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but former uh, NFL quarterback, J.T. O'Sullivan, he had one year as like a, he played a, he played a number of games for the Houston Texans, which Chris, I don't know where that falls. How many Tex, how many Texans quarterbacks have there been? Uh, a lot. He's, he has some experience, he played with the Niners and, Played a lot of places, Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, Cincinnati, San Diego, Oakland. Played in the CFL, played overseas in the uh, NFL Europe for Frankfurt, Vikings, Patriots. Why, is he uh, an is he analyst now? Well, he has a YouTube channel, right? All right. He has a YouTube channel. I, I, would, I would tell you all you need to go check it out. It's called The QB School. He just takes... Games, plays, whatever breaks him down. I saw it because Brett Coleman tweeted it out and goes, this is JT's magnum opus 
And I was like, oh, fuck, well, I got to go watch this. He took an hour and broke down everything that was wrong about Justin Fields in that game. There's just how bizarrely orchestrated and almost seemingly unplanned that offense is. He he literally said at one point the plays look like they were written in the dirt 20 seconds before the play rather than being drawn up on a whiteboard in the practice room because you have multiple linemen blocking different things. One guy looks like he's run blocking, one's pass blocking. You've got tight ends who are doing nothing. They're not pass catching, but they're also not blocking anyone. They're just out there in space, lost, like satellites that kind of lost their tether. It's one of the most bizarre things, and yet here's Tremaine Edmonds going, well, at least I got the bag. I got the bag, and I went from being a team on a team that could win a Super Bowl to one of the teams that everyone is going to get fired. Like, everyone associated with this disaster is going to get fired. (laughs) And he's tied to them for how long, Chris? Like, what was that Tremaine Edmonds deal? I thought it was like five or six years. (laughs) All that talk about the Giants and the Bears being up-and-comers and and former Bills being a part of it just really brought this whole thing home for me. It sure as hell doesn't look like it from where I'm sitting at and being a petty motherfucker. That made me feel a lot better after this Jets loss. So, Chris, as we close this out and as we move on with our lives and we realize that Josh Allen is who he is, do you have any final thoughts? 4180. Abbott Road, Doc Slot, come see us this weekend. We'll be there with grills and food. I guess we're the officially, unofficially, officially the Grills Mafia tailgate. So come on out and have a Montucky. Or if you need an old-fashioned, I will make you an old-fashioned on Sunday. Guys, here's your thoughts. From the... From, from the I, I guess it's just one of those things like the point that I made before this, it's just like it's week one before the game even started. I said to my wife, I said to Iman, I said it to his wife, I said it to his friends who were in company. I go, I've never been less excited for a kickoff game in my entire life. Usually before the first game of a season, I feel anxiety or I feel like a, not anxiety, but like a, an excitement or a pressure. Like, oh, man, a nervousness. Like, I wonder what's going to happen tonight. I felt none of that in the run-up to Monday's game. None. And a part of it goes back to 2021. In 2021, the Bills were being touted as Super Bowl challengers, and they talked about how this team could be amazing. And then we lost a game to the Steelers at home. The Steelers had a good game plan. They played within the structure of what they are. And I don't know. The Bills just, we played to their strengths. Josh made a lot of mistakes. He was erratic. He was, wasn't seeing the field well and rushed a lot of things. And we lose a game at home. Our special teams made a mistake. Hey, Chris, uh, it almost feels like a weird simile, right? Special teams mistakes, quarterback not playing well, team underachieving. We lose opening week to a team with a strong defense and a lot of pass rush talent. 2021, everyone talked about how the Bills losing to the Steelers was one of the worst things that could happen to us. The same lunatic fans... We're talking about 2021 was our best shot at ever winning Super Bowl, and that was the end. Oh, we'll never get back there. You can't have it both ways. But I guess you can, because that's how long an NFL season is. It's a long season, and things change. Dynamics change. Emotions change. I'm mad. Sure. I'm mad the same way I was mad when we lost to the Steelers in 2021. But it's week one. And I've learned from that. And if I, the least composed one of us, out of anybody who's listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, if I know that, then I hope you know it. And I hope that you can all do what we do. And Chris? Goose Fraba. 
Because you know what we do? We suck it up. We get the grills out. Maybe get some cough drops to make sure that our voices are intact. Because Sunday, the Raiders are going to come in here and try to fight the biggest point, like the biggest point spread of the week, according to Vegas. And I have a feeling the Bills are going to make them fucking pay for this. <laughs> I have a feeling that they're going to take this loss out on the Raiders. Nine and a half spread. And I can't wait to see it. Guys, we're just getting started here. I think that this is going to be one of the more fun seasons of podcasting we've had in a while because the division is wild. There's more pressure. The stakes are bigger. I'm looking forward to all of it, but for tonight, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. This has been your Rockpile Report. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.